Welcome to Well Well. This is Jarrell. I'm Rachel. Thank you again for joining us. We have another amazing guest here today who combines two of my, I was going to say great loves, but really <laughs> this loves and passion is mental health advocacy and running, which I know she will talk all about, but we are here with Sasha Wolf of Still I Run. So welcome, Sasha. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so why don't you start off, just tell us and the audience a little bit about yourself and how you got started with Still I Run. So, uh, as you guys mentioned, I am Sasha Wolf, and I am the founder of Still I Run. Um, I started Still I Run back in 2016, mm-hmm. um, but it's an idea that I had had for a couple of years shortly after I got out of um, an inpatient stay at the hospital for uh, depression and anxiety. Um, but one of the things, well, two of the things holding me back, one is wanting to talk about it in my experience. Mm-hmm. And two was finding a good name for a group. Um, I was thinking like, hey, depressed runners, but that's an awful <laughs> name for a running group. <laughs> not as catchy, you know. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, but then I kind of came up with the name for Still I Run um, after being reintroduced to Maya Angelou's poem, uh, Still I Rise. Mm. And I kind of made that my own mantra, but made it more personal to me. So, um, you know, no matter what, even if it's hard to get out of bed, even if I'm having a bad day, even if I'm one in, a, in one of those valleys, like still I run. Um, and so on a whim in 2016, I launched the community and it's, it's been a, a success ever since slowly growing. And it's amazing how many people reach out and find out about still I run. Yeah, that's amazing. I love that story that it's the idea of, obviously it was taken from the Maya Angelou Angelou poem, which is amazing, but just the idea of that, like continuing to put one foot in front of the other, despite whatever is going on in life. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. That's exactly why. um, So what is, I don't want to say like, what is the purpose of the community? Because obviously you kind of shared what that was, but what is the logistical aspect of the community? How do people participate? What, how do people get involved? What is kind of your goal in creating it in terms of what you wanted to really end up coming out of it? Yeah, so uh, I would say it's mainly a virtual community now. And I mean, back like five, six years ago, that would have been seen as super weird, but we're all just really connected via social media. There's running groups on Facebook, there's running groups on Instagram. So I figured, why can't I do something similar, have a virtual community of people that run on behalf of mental health. Mm -hmm. Um, But I really want to kind of take that virtual aspect and make it more localized. So over the past couple of years, um, we've done uh, like a run from World Mental Health Day on October 10th. Um, and people will host runs in their area just for that occasion through Still I Run. Um, and then we also do like a run streak challenge every May. So everybody is doing at least one mile every day for mental health in the month of May. And we had just over 400 participants do it this year. Wow. So it's kind of like taking that that aspect of doing it on your own, but then like creating the community virtually. And then this coming year, um, 
probably beginning of 2020, I'll be launching a chapter program so that people that want to bring Still I Run, local running groups to their area can do so um, by agreeing to be a chapter captain. And I've got a whole handbook written up for them, um, logistics on how to get things done. Uh, so starting to take that virtual aspect and make it more local because people do like to connect in person yet still. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's amazing. And I think that you, at least I might be just totally unaware, are really the only slash first slash most prominent group that's really focused on mental health, right? Like there's not a lot of this, unfortunately, that combines the two. No, I've, I've tried looking and that's another reason why I started Still I Run. It's because when I got out of the, uh, the hospital, I was like, all right, I want to connect with other people that are running for their mental health. And I looked for probably a year and a half, two years for another group out there. And there, there just isn't, um, over in the UK, they've got tons. They're amazing at combining running and mental health, but here in the United States, Still I Run seems to be the only one right now. Wow. I feel like other countries are much more ahead of healthcare than we are. That's like kind of the general. <laughs> yeah. Yes, they are. <laughs> that's, that's a very good point. Which is very sad. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> the idea came from your own personal experience with mental health and that that was definitely a struggle to start talking about. Can you share a little bit more about what that journey was like for you and how it brought you to a place where you finally did feel comfortable being open and honest about what you've been going through and still manage? Yeah, I, I wish I could say like it only took me a couple of years to be okay with wanting to talk about my journey, but in reality, it was like a decade. Um, I was diagnosed with depression uh, my sophomore year of college in 2003 and uh, took medication for it, but didn't do anything, like didn't go to therapy. No one told me to. They just handed me a prescription. Mm. Um, I never went to get my prescription reevaluated. I didn't talk about it with anyone. Um, And then it was, you know, almost 10 years later where my depression kind of outgrew my medication. And that's when I found myself um, having to check myself in. Uh, And then you know, a couple of years after that was when I was like, all right, I, I guess I'll talk about this. So, you know, when you look at 2003, when I was diagnosed in 2016, when I finally started talking about it, that's a long time. Um, yeah. And everybody has their own personal journey of how they, you know, want to start talking about things. Um, mine took a while, but I'm hoping that I inspire others to um, want to share their stories so that they can continue helping people just like I hopefully am helping others. Yeah, and I think I think there are a lot of as we're having these kind of conversations more now and more publicly um, on social media, on these different outlets. I think you know, even as a therapist, I've seen um, people coming into therapy sooner, people like reaching out for different kind of services sooner, and I think that's really cool. So I think that you can definitely, I would say, count yourself as a part of that movement of like helping people you know, get to where they, they want to go and taking those risks and being vulnerable enough to say, this is what I'm dealing with. I need more support or I want to talk more about all these things. And I don't know. I think that's just, I think it's wonderful to have these kind of conversations out there, you know? Yeah. It's, it's really easy for me to talk about now. In fact, like when people ask me 
uh, you know, if I'm at a networking event, I'll be like, yeah, I work for, and I, I work for, a, um, like a furniture company full time as a communication specialist. Mm. But I, I am not afraid to say, Hey, and I also run still, I run, which is a very personal journey for me. Um, and I, I think that kind of, uh, disarms people a little, like, mm. they're like oh, she's telling me about her mental health issues right away. <laughs> um, but I, I think that kind of helps open up the conversation for everyone because as soon as I mention something, like people are instantly vulnerable with me mm-hmm. and their experience. And I think if we collectively start doing that, um, it's just going to start bringing down that stigma and, and bring down those barriers to people getting care. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think that what you said is so true and that as soon as someone is brave enough to take the first step and say, hey, I am struggling with mental health, with life in general, that other people around them kind of then say, oh, oh, I can take down the armor. Me too. I'm also struggling. I'm not alone. Thank you for making it safe to do it. It's like testing the water in like a pool. Somebody has to say, okay, it's not. (laughs) Everybody jumps in. So what gave you the strength to be that person? Because you didn't have to, right? This was something where you could have said, hey, I went through this journey. I'm in a better place now than I was 10 plus years ago. That's enough for me. What made you want to be that person who jumps in the pool (laughs) that might be ice cold? That's an interesting question. I've never really been asked that before. Um, I would say I just, I was at a point in my life where I was frustrated with having a mental illness and a mental health condition and kept asking, why me? Why me? Mm -hmm. And I think I finally just came to that point that It's me because I'm supposed to talk about it. I'm supposed to do Still I Run and and help others get care. Um, I think that's what made me brave enough to do it because I suffered alone and I didn't want anyone else to. I feel like I have like a real big service heart. I just want to help others out. And so, you know, if I needed to truly experience depression in order to be a good conduit between helping people realize their stories and get help, then, then so be it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I'll, I also wanted to add something. I, th- I think that's wonderful to, to kind of allow yourself the freedom to take that role. Right. And a little birdie told me that you're, I think you're also a fan of Brene Brown's work. On oh my goodness. Yes. Total fan girl. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so, um, uh, if to everyone who's listening, um, and maybe we'll put this in the show notes, uh, Brene Brown also has a great TED talk on vulnerability. She has a lot of books. You probably heard of her. She's awesome. Um, and so when I think about you sharing and, um, and sort of empowering people, I think back to her work and, and how being vulnerable really does help reduce shame, right? It's sort of like sharing your story helps like, it's kind of you communicate to yourself that it's worthy of sharing and, and that you're worthy of sharing that and getting support and also inviting other people into that, which I think is so powerful. Yeah, absolutely. I have read all of her books and I think that's another piece of the puzzle for me is I had just read her book um, or no, I had just seen that Ted talk about the power of vulnerability Mm. and uh, read a couple of her books and I was like, you know what? 
this is, this is me. I can do this. I can be vulnerable because if it's going to help others, then it's, it's worth it. Um, so yes, I absolutely love her. I've, I've seen her, um, speak live before and I just totally nice. felt cause everything she says totally resonates with me. Yeah. She's great. I would imagine too, it's which co-signed that because I too think she's awesome, but <laughs> try to add that in. Um, but I would imagine too, it wasn't always the easiest journey to be on. Like, it's amazing that you were able to get such clarity and purpose from saying, okay, why me? Why me? This is why me. And that has to be such an amazing feeling to know that you're helping people. But what have been the struggles with doing that? Because vulnerability is hard. Yeah. Uh, yes. It's hard when you're putting yourself out there into the internet. Mm-hmm. Always kind about something that is really personal and not necessarily always understood and accepted. So what have been some of the challenges of being on this journey? Um, I would say the challenges, one of the biggest ones would be, um, to ignore the haters and it's, it feels mm-hmm. terrible to say that there are haters around mental health, but there are, some, <laughs> there are some people out there that just truly don't understand And those voices. Um, the haters, I used to let those be the loudest, but when you look at the haters and the people that enjoy what you're doing, the haters are such a small group. So why am I devoting so much time and energy um, thinking about their words and what they've said? So I've really had to, to ignore their commentary and embrace what the majority of people are saying. And what they're saying is, yes, mental health matters. We believe in this mission. I want to join in on this mission too. Um, and that, that kind of comes with the, the whole being vulnerable part where you just have to ignore the haters and you, you, uh, you get out there and forget the shame you may feel around anything and, and tell your story and tell your truth. Yeah. You know, and I said it knowing that that was the case because people hate on everything. There yes. was, a, um, Jarell, I know you do, but Sasha, do you, uh, have you heard of the thoughts of dog Twitter account? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> so I don't know why one day I decided to do this, but I looked at the comments oh. hating on the thoughts of dog Twitter post. <laughs> it's awful. Yeah. I knew that there were definitely going to be haters on because they're everywhere, but it just baffles me that you're trying to create a safe space for people to talk about mental health and to combine it with, physical movement, which we will definitely talk more about because that's essentially why Drill and I created a business, that blend. But how are you hating on that? Like, I just never understand how somebody is sharing their personal story, trying to help others, and somebody has something negative to say about that in such a mean way. It just blows my mind. It's, you know, it's part of being anonymous on the internet. You don't have to show your face because chances are you would never, ever say a comment that mean to a person's face. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah, there, I would be floored if anyone would say half of the things they say online, like to a human being, even if they, you know, had to look at a picture of them when they were saying it. It just Mm -hmm. crazy. Yeah. And what's, so for everyone who's listening, there's actually, they coined this term that refers to that which is called the disinhibition effect, which basically means people get on the internet and lose their minds and say all, and exactly what we're saying, say whatever comes to their minds. And 
all those negative things just sort of come out that you would never say to someone's face or, you know, if challenged, you would back down. It happens when you have that, even if it's not anonymous, it's just like the distance of not being in front of someone really gives us like that, you know, uh, an ease to say those things. And so, I don't know, I guess I would add to that. I think it'd be really cool and this is something I've tried to be conscious of online is what if we use that to our advantage in a positive way too? Why don't we allow ourselves to actually really connect and make, you know, shared, have this like shared admiration for people too. So if you're on Instagram and you see, you know, someone writing about their story, if you're reading Sasha's post, if you're doing these things, like really share, really, you know, share the positive things too and make that, make that a challenge for yourself, everyone out there, because I think it's so important. We need more empathy. We need more vulnerability. So like, let's switch up that energy, you know? I love that. And I think that's why, um, so there's a private Facebook group that Still I Run has as well. And I think that's why that group does so well. Um, it's because everyone there have never had issues with the community. Like you hear about Facebook groups that sometimes just go off the rails. Mm-hmm. I've never had an issue with anyone in the Still I Run community. Um, we're all sharing our stories about um, getting up and running, or it might be a struggle today, or, hey, have you ever had this happen to you? Um, and everybody's so encouraging. I absolutely love it. I, I feel like I get more out of the community than what others should be getting because it's so uplifting to see all these amazing stories and encouragement in the, in the Still I Run group that there is. Yeah, that's amazing. And I love the idea of just being more mindful to add positive comments to social media in general. Mm -hmm. That idea of, you know, a happy, there's actually like a saying that I'm going to butcher, but it's something about a happy customer might tell one person, but an unhappy customer tells five. Yelp reviews, like who are the Yelp reviews? Right, everyone who's pissed. (laughs) No one goes on Yelp and is like, this is the best restaurant of my life. I recently listened to the Yelp founder on the How I Built This podcast, and my favorite part of the entire thing, which is also a little sad, the (laughs) Grand Canyon and Yosemite have negative one-star reviews on Yelp. (laughs) (laughs) So, so wait, but the Grand Canyon was my favorite. Please tell me someone said it was boring. Please tell me. Oh, it was, yes, it was terribly boring. It was very bad. That no matter where you looked, it was the same view. Just like <laughs> That's amazing. That's and they amazing. were mad that Yosemite did not have ballet parking. <laughs> oh my gosh. So this is what's out there. But imagine if we were more mindful to combat that and to say, hey, I really enjoy this. You know what? I'm going to take a moment to express that to mm-hmm. offset all the people who are mad at the Grand Canyon. <laughs> right. <laughs> or the cute dog who like just jumped right. in the pool on his own or whatever. <laughs> Which right. it's so ironic too, because it's almost doubly awful to be doing that on a community that is supposed to help other people maintain their mental health. Yeah. Because like you said, you've learned how to block out the haters. And I think a lot of us who post things, on social media who put things out into the world have to develop a little bit of a thick skin with that because otherwise you'll just, you know, cry in a corner all day long. (laughs) But for people who are really in the throes of managing anxiety, managing depression, or even just going through a really difficult time, 
that can break somebody. And it's just so like comically horrible that people are doing that on a community that's supposed to help people with their mental health. It's mm-hmm. like known as an empathy. It's pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So how did you get started in running? Um, so I had been a runner on and off, um, in my high school years, but nothing like serious like it is now. Um, but the, I kind of just got started after I got released from the hospital after being in there for a week and they had really reaffirmed like starting a positive routine will help with your mental health. And, um, I saw my running shoes and when I was back at my apartment and I thought, all right, well, I haven't used these guys in a while, so I guess I'll put them on and see what happens. And I went for a walk, which is probably really good just in terms of getting fresh air in my lungs. Um, and after that walk, everything just felt a little better. I mean, I didn't feel instantly better, but I just felt better about myself that I was able to conquer something that I did not want to do. Um, and that walk turned into a jog the next day. And then the day after that, it, I increased the time and, and how long I was out there and how fast I was going. And I have not stopped running for my mental health since I, you know, I do races all the time. I'm always training for something. Um, and my husband also runs. So it's like, our cute couple, this is what we do together thing. Uh, so we, we are a running family over here. That's awesome. And I read somewhere on Twitter, somebody made the joke that walking is the gateway drug to becoming a runner. Yes, totally is. Like that's really true and really funny at the same time. Yeah. I mean, I, I started by walking and, and, um, the very first race that I ever did, I trained for doing a couch to 5k, which starts you off walking and eventually you, you work all the way up to a run. So I totally believe that thing. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's awesome that you were able to do something that, like you said, made you feel empowered at what I assume was a really low, not really great point in life in general. Yeah. I I think that's, that's, kind of why still I run is so powerful because running is something that not a lot of people do. If you're in the running community, you feel like everyone and their mom does it. Um, But when you look at the stats for who runs races, it's such a small percentage of the population. So the fact that you can have a mental illness like anxiety, PTSD, depression, um, and battle that every day, yet still get out there and run like that is badass and powerful. (laughs) We need to shout that from the rooftops. Yeah, absolutely. And I I mean, I'm with you. It seems like when you're in the running community, it's like everybody, but (laughs) I'm surrounded by non-runners, cough, drill. Yes. (laughs) Um, True. But my husband doesn't run. Like most of my close friends and people I talk to on a regular basis don't run and don't run the very least as obsessively as I do. (laughs) But I think it's true. Like being inundated in that makes you feel like, oh, this is just a part of what I do. This is just a thing. Like I brush my teeth, I go for a run, whatever. But the strength it takes to even get out of bed when you're struggling with a mental health related issue is crazy sometimes and then not only to get out of bed but to get out of bed to do this thing that's really hard that you actually don't really have to do right takes a ton of strength and I feel like you're absolutely right unless you're around the running community 
either by participating or knowing somebody or being at races, I don't really think you understand how hard it is to do that generally. And then you add a mental health issue on top of it. And you're basically talking about these are like super men and women. Yes, they totally are. And that's why I really like to call us like mental health running warriors, because that's what we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's that fight. Yeah. Well, and I think uh, what even what you said just also points to this idea of like starting small. Um, there's We create so much pressure for ourselves a lot of the times, whether you have a mental illness or not. And man, like how great would it be if we gave ourselves permission just to start small sometimes, you know, start by taking like walking to the mailbox, right? Or, Mm -hmm. you know, walking to the next block and coming back and then letting yourself gradually get to a point where you feel stronger that you can jog or run or do an actual race. Like, I I think it's so important for people to understand that there's no one right way to do this. Like, so if you need to take your time, take your time. It's that's good, too. Yeah. And that's literally where I came from. I came from walking 15 minutes to I've now done a couple of marathons, countless half marathons, an iron or half iron. So like, yeah, starting small, you got to lay that foundation somehow. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think having a community like Run has to be so helpful in seeing that one other people are doing it mm-hmm. and two that other people struggle. And I know that that has been one of my favorite parts of the still I run post is that it's not all, Oh, Hey, this is so easy. And this is great. <laughs> it's real. Like there are people who are like, I am on the horrible, but literally still I run. I'm still moving forward. And it's not the idea of that, like, hey, look, I'm so much better than my illness. It's that I am still doing this despite my illness. Oh, yeah, we're we're very real over at Still I Run. It's not all rainbows and puppies every day. And so we have a lot of people that post, hey, I really don't want to get out there today, but I'm posting here as accountability. I'll be back in an hour kind of deal. And like people will cheer them on and then they come back and they have all these encouraging messages and Mm. responds that the run was actually really good. And they were thinking about the community while they were out there. And it's just like this awesome, positive cycle. Yeah. Yeah. I know that reading the comments, especially. um, So I went on, I was like, I'm going to look at some of these posts that I might have missed. I want to read the comments before we record. And I had to stop because I was getting emotional. Mm-hmm. <laughs> some of the comments, I'm like, I was not prepared for this. I have to take a break. I am in my office. This is weird. And it was just so touching the ability that people had to gain strength and inspiration off of each other. And I personally don't manage uh, mental illness, but I run with chronic pain. And there have definitely been times where I get very frustrated because it seems like it's super easy for everyone else and why, why is it so much harder for me? But reading comments of just anybody who deals with a lot of crap and still gets out there is just super inspirational. So I can't even imagine how much of an impact it makes for somebody who's thinking about starting but thinks that they can't because it'll be too hard but then reads a comment from somebody of what they're going through and they're like well if this person can I can and then they go like that's amazing yeah I think to that point um I read someone's comment yesterday uh saying 
um, oh, I can't believe everybody here is doing like the same mileage as me, which is like one to two miles. I feel so bad just doing one to two. And I wrote back and I said, we are runners of all abilities here. Like if you're doing one to two miles, fantastic. If you're doing 10 miles, fantastic. As long as you're getting out there, like we're all on the same level on the same page. And I, I think that's hard to remember when you're in that like Instagram running community where everyone's like, oh, I just ran a, a six minute pace, six miler. And I'm still mm-hmm. awesome. And that's not realistic. <laughs> Let's be real. Mm-hmm. Well, and such a good metaphor for life too, which I always say running teaches you so much about not just moving, but about life is that you are on your own journey. It is mm-hmm. really relative what sac- success means to you versus somebody else. Mm-hmm. And that's great. If there's somebody who is killing their six minute mile tempo run, but that's them. And yep. that you also don't even know the story behind that because maybe at one point they were running five minute mile tempos and this is a huge mm-hmm. thing for them. But it's what are you doing and what journey are you on? Because you can't, in running and in life, you can't compare yourself to somebody else. It's like you have no idea what their story is and you have no idea, you know, what they go through and it's not the same journey. You're not running the same race. Yeah. And I think that's why I really like pairing mental health and running together too, because they're both pretty personal journeys. Um, and, and with running, you, you rely on your inner strength. You don't have teammates to help you. It's, it's you getting out there, uh, with the encouragement of the community. And I think when you can do something like that, that's so empowering on your own, that just makes it an even greater feat of strength that you did it. Yeah, absolutely. And even that is such a good metaphor for life as well. And the Mm -hmm. idea that you can have people there that support you, but at the end of the day, you have to put one foot in front of the other. That's you. I have, I'm very lucky to have a very nice spectator team for races, Jarrell included. (laughs) He has a shirt. It's great. But (laughs) I get a lot of inspiration from knowing people are there and waiting for me and showing up for me. But I can't get to them if I don't run the race. <laughs> right. You have to run the race. Right. Yes. <laughs> They're just there to, like, cheer any pancakes with me afterwards. <laughs> and I guess if I called them because I would have fallen somewhere, they'd come pick me up. <laughs> at the end of the day, you have to get to from point A to point B on your own. And I think that's such an important message that, like, hey, we're all here to support you, but you have the strength inside you to push forward. Like, you've got this. We have your back, but you got to do it. Yep. Yeah. And what's really cool about that, I think, is especially when, you know, I'm thinking about the connection between like being active, running and mental health. And what's really cool about this, just the, the physical and mental aspect of running is that it almost teaches you. And this, I guess this is with any challenge, but I think it's so, so evident with running is that it teaches you to develop the mental fortitude to power through difficulty, right? When you're tired, when you don't feel like you can catch your breath, when you feel like your legs are hurting or, you know, um, you have, uh, you're having a cramp or something and you still want to keep going. Like, even if, if that's like a mile or 10, it's the same mechanism to, you know, talk to yourself, to encourage yourself, to support yourself. And that's something that we talk about with clients all the time. And therapy is sort of like developing that voice that's like encouraging and not shaming 
and and you kind of learn that skill even just through something like running. Yeah, running is, I will probably butcher the quote, but it's something like running is um, 10% physical, but 90% mental or something like that, because yeah. it's, it's not easy to do. So you need to develop the mental fortitude to get out there. Um, and your body may be super strong and can finish that marathon that you've trained for, but really in your mind, you have to believe in it and you have to want to get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is, we're going to trade running quotes, but the idea of that your mind quits way before your body actually. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think that's again, true of life. And I think that's why it's so important to talk about mental and physical health and mental health and exercise and movement as a thing together. Mm-hmm. It's often really hard to tell somebody managing anxiety or depression or anything, oh, you know, just train your mind to move past it. Like you can do that and there are people who are successful at that, but I think it's also really helpful that somebody can go out and have an example that's mm-hmm. related but not the same thing to say, oh, wow, you know, I didn't feel like running these three miles. I didn't feel like swimming today. I didn't feel like walking today. But I went out and did it, and now I'm happy that I did. Oh, I can overcome that negative mm-hmm. in my head. Cool. Mm-hmm. And it's just so powerful to be able to have something that's not just super hyper-focused on what's ever going on with someone's mental health to say, like, oh, I am stronger than I think. Like, I can train my mind to do hard things. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, Sasha, where can people find you? Where can they find Still I Run? Where can they find you? How can they connect? Tell us all the things. <laughs> so, um, you can connect with Still I Run on Facebook, Still I Run Community. Um, we've got a Facebook page, and then there's a private Facebook group. Um, it's called the Still I Run Running Inspiration Group. And the reason that is private is because um, I wanted to create a safe place for people to share their stories. And then the, that stuff wouldn't necessarily pop up on the, all their friends' news feeds. Yeah. Because some people aren't comfortable about talking with it with friends and family yet. And that's okay. So you can go to the, the inspiration group on Facebook um, to connect with us there. We're also on Instagram. Um, and then, uh, our website is still, I run community.com. And on there, we've got a bunch of blog posts from all of our ambassadors. We've got 20 this year, um, information on how to, um, run and raise money for still, I run, uh, a link to our, uh, awesome shop that we have. You can buy some mental health running gear. Uh, and then once I'm ready to launch like the chapter program, that information will be on there as well. So Facebook, Instagram, and the website are where you would want to connect with still. I run. That is awesome. awesome. And I had no idea that there were shirts, although I feel like I should have, but I never <laughs> put together yeah. so for giving me another shirt to buy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that, and yeah, cause I'm, obsessed with any type of like shirt that I assume is that there are tank tops and they feel very comfortable and they can be worn around the house and out in the really hot weather. So I'm very excited. Oh yeah. We got tank tops and shirts and long sleeves and zip ups and hats and all, all the runner things. Oh wow. All right. Yeah. Now I know what I will be doing later. (laughs) Well, and also, and also to everyone who's listening, if, like some of the stories on your site, on the blog are just so great. 
And it, it really is just a testament to what you've been able to create and foster. Um, so if you're looking for inspiration, whether that be in stories or in some cool gear, you should definitely check out Still I Run. There's great, great stuff going on. Yeah, I'm very thankful to have a great group of ambassadors that are willing to open up and share their stories because, yes, I can tell my story and my experience till I'm blue in the face, but it's great to have a collective community of people that are willing to be vulnerable and share what their personal experience is because someone else may resonate more with uh, one of the ambassadors who lives in the UK than they do my story. So. It's just, it's amazing. I feel very fortunate to have such a great crew that have surrounded themselves and surrounded me with all of their love and encouragement. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's amazing. And thank you for creating such a much needed community. Mm -hmm. And thank you as well for joining us on the show. I'm going to make a pitch that you need to (laughs) run a New York City race so we can all hang out. Oh, I would love that. (laughs) On coercion, Jarrell has been known to run a few miles every once in a while. So I'm going to throw him under the bus and say, if you were ever here for a New York City race, he would either join us or at the very least meet for bagels afterwards. (laughs) Right. That I'm totally in. (laughs) Well, thank you to you, Sasha. And thank you to everyone who is listening. You can find us at Viva Wellness NYC. And I am at Rachel Gersten. I'm at Jarrell Carabello. And if you have a chance, please leave us a rating and review and subscribe. We love comments, especially when people want to tell us how much they love us. But honestly, after this episode, you should be sharing how much you love Sasha because the community is just amazing. Word. So please leave that feedback. It only takes two minutes. And please join us again. Bye.